Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Almost across the board, men who are controlling have come out of abusive homes. Almost across the board. And so they have to really deal with their own pain from from their life experiences. And most men are really not willing to do that. And I like how you said um, earlier that many men, and I've, and I've seen this, I've heard them say, I, I have no idea how to change. Diane Schnickels is the director and founder of Living Waters of Hope, an organization that works with women who have been or are currently victims of domestic abuse. More stories of hope and healing today on Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. I am so glad to have you on Life Support. Thank you for listening. And what we do on this program is we talk about difficult subjects because we live in a fallen world. and. There is suffering, there is pain, there is trauma, there is sin. But you know what? Jesus is always active, and he shows up in the most unlikely of places. We love telling those stories. We love talking to the body of Christ about um, how we can react to these different types of of sin and and other behavior that has come into our world. And that's what we're going to do today with Diane Schnickels, who is the founder and executive director of Living Waters of Hope Ministries. And thanks so much for being here again, Diane. It's great to see you. Well, my pleasure, Paul. Thank you for having me. You have an amazing organization that is um, really an oasis for many abused women. Um, But hey, many of our listeners have gone to church their whole lives. And you look around and you think, wow, those people are really have it together. And in fact, so much so that it's easy to walk out of church and feel shameful that you you don't have that kind of marriage or your kids aren't like those other kids. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes, isn't there? Absolutely. I remember one gal telling me, she said, Diane, my husband was on the worship team. We're the perfect family of four sitting on that front row. But my husband was very abusive. Wow. So how many women in the Christian community are are currently going through this? Mm -hmm. Well, the stats are one in four Christian women have been in or will or are in a um, an unhealthy, abusive relationship by predominantly their Christian husbands, which is very disconcerting. Yeah, that's incredibly disconcerting because something's way off there. Mm -hmm. And and I think that the thing that we talked about last time that was most um, terrifying is that when these women go to the church for help, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of help there to be found. So why is it so difficult for a woman to be heard in the Christian community? Mm-hmm. I just think it's a lack of education, Paul. People, you know, where, where do we learn about domestic abuse unless we're very intentional? I mean, I never learned about it growing up. So that I think there's just a um, uh, an idea that's just really conflict because they don't know what to do with the information. And a lot of people don't even know what to say. And often they just, you know, really say the wrong things. Yeah. So, and and they go to their pastors normally first. 
And I know you you do a pastor's conference, so you're concerned about this as well. Uh Um, Can you give pastors some guidelines as to maybe how do you handle a woman that might come to your office or pull you aside on Sunday morning or even a friend that pulls you aside and says, hey, listen, I'm concerned of Margaret over there. Uh, What should a pastor do in those situations? Uh Well, if a woman comes forward, first off, believe her. It takes a lot of courage to share the secret because they're living with this dark secret, sometimes for 10, 20, 30 years before they come forward. Yeah. I mean, we have gals who who have been in marriages for 40 years and often they don't even realize it's even abuse. So a woman might come forward and she might not even realize that it's abuse. She just knows something is wrong and she's not being treated right in her marriage. Um, he should believe her and just help her kind of discover do like a little self-discovery again because not all women understand um, there is a tool called the power control wheel and he can say can you look at this wheel it's all the behaviors controlling can you look at this and you know maybe circle the the um the experiences you've had in your relationship and that'll help not only him understand, but for her to say, oh my goodness, you know, look at that. But I'll tell you, and I've heard this from our gals, if they look at that same wheel of behavioral uh, tactics, three months later, they'll they'll circle actually more. At the beginning, you just, you it's so normal. You, you, you don't, it's hard to tell what's really abuse and what's just kind of normal marriage conflict, even for the woman. So believe her, listen, uh, they, a person wants to assess the danger level. Is she safe in her home? Is she emotionally safe? Is she physically safe? Has he threatened her? Is there a gun in the house? And we, we'd like to think that our Christian men would not be violent, but some are. Most are more that emotional, verbal kind of uh, abuse, but um, there are some that that are physical with their wives. So to determine that danger level, so they would know, well, does she need to, do we need to find a safe house for her or what? Um, so listen, assess, know what your resources are. Does she just need um uh, an advocate, like a county advocate. Every county has a women's kind of help agency. Maybe if she needs a safe place, maybe she needs to go there and talk about is there housing. If, if she needs a restraining order, often those uh, those agencies can help her do that. Um, maybe she just needs someone to talk to. Is there someone in your church that's maybe part of a care team that's knowledgeable or maybe another survivor who is years in her healing journey that she can talk to or or have them even call someone you know here at living waters of hope um the next step is all right so now we have this knowledge do you want me to approach your husband so they Mm -hmm. have to decide is she ready for that because once the secret is out once a husband knows she has told someone it can get really bad at home. Um, the worst case scenario, I've heard of women being physically assaulted mm-hmm. because they told the pastor. 
Uh, other situations, they'll meet with the pastor and the husband's really compliant and they'll walk out and, and the wife will say, well, what do you think about what do you say? Oh, I'm not going to do any of that. But of course, he's presenting himself like this caring, loving husband. But that's a big thing. When are you going to tell, you know, when and how that's going to take place, that she is in a safe place because you just don't know, do they want to do it together um, because it's good for the pastor to hear, to see them together and kind of hear what the husband has to say and watch the body language and hear what his responses are. Is he blaming her or is he really taking responsibility? And just to assess, assess, is he willing to get the help he needs? Is he willing to go to counseling? Is he willing to do, go to a class for uh, men who have controlling tendencies? And there are classes out there because it's not an anger management issue. It's not, he can manage his anger. He can do that at work with his other relationships, but he uses it as a tool of control in his home. So it's not anger issue. It is his belief system where he believes that his wife is inferior to him. And he has to make her feel that way to feel good about himself. Because Paul, almost across the board, men who are controlling have come out of abusive homes almost across the board. And so they have to really deal with their own pain from, from their life experiences. And most men are really not willing to do that. And I like how you said um, earlier that many men, and I've, and I've seen this, I've heard them say, I, I have no idea how to change because they never learn, they never learn that skill set. They don't even know how to, to get in touch with their emotions because they had to push their own emotions down in their own home growing up. So um, it's, yeah, how to protect the woman. Does a man want to get help? Uh, you never ever want to um, recommend couples counseling because uh, you're putting the woman in an adverse situation um, she can either hold on to hope thinking, oh, we're doing couples counseling, but you really can't be fully honest because she's going to hear about it when she gets home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so the only thing I would add to that too, um, Diane, and the, the first thing that really stuck out to me is make sure the woman gives you permission and make sure she's mm -hmm. safe. But I would also throw in there, don't, don't do this by yourself mm -hmm. if you're a pastor. Um, find maybe um, a, a person that the man would respect and listen to. Maybe uh, um, you have a board member you can bring with you. Mm -hmm. But I would say two or three guys. Don't do it yourself. Um, he can manipulate her. He can manipulate you. Mm -hmm. And the more witnesses you have there, the less chance he has of wiggling off the hook. I remember um, there was a man in a former church that I pastored who was in our small group my small group, and uh, we put two and two together that there were th some unhealthy things happening in his home. And we went over, uh, myself and two other guys, went to his home. And we stood in his driveway for probably two to three hours before he finally started to, you know, break the seal a little bit. And and I don't think, you know, I look at this man and I I don't think, I didn't think of him as being some kind of a monster, but he had to change those behaviors. And I think the fact that we were there, we were persistent, we weren't leaving, he already knew us, um, really helped. 
And so please try, don't try to do all this on your own if you're a pastor. Um, it's there's too much at stake, and there may be danger there for you. So. Absolutely. I had one pastor say, you know, after confronting the gentleman, he said, yeah, he was waiting outside of the church with a baseball bat one day. And another pastor is telling me, yeah, I was talking to the guy. I'm by his car and he kind of, you know, opens up his glove compartment, shows me a gun, like a little bit of a threat. So there, there is a risk. Yeah. Help, people who are helpers sometimes do get harmed. But I love how you said that absolutely you you cannot do it on your own. Um, I have had one pastor friend. We've had referring pastors for for especially uh, those two I connected to early on for 10 years. And <laughs> we've done a pastor summit, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, and he was one of our panelists. We have, I have pastors speak to pastors. I just kind of opened the space for that. And <laughs> You know, that last year, it's like he was just exhausted. And I could tell you that afterwards, I said, Mike, you have got to, you can't keep doing this by yourself. You have to have others help you. Our uh, our pastor summit this year um, is the pastor who has worked very hard this year to create a care team where he, you know, you find people. It depends on your size church, mm -hmm. but you just, you cannot do it on your own. It's, first of all, it's time intensive. And it's really, it could take a year to two years walking with these couples or a woman or a guy. Um, sometimes it's pretty short with the men because they they may not want anything to do with getting help. But definitely, there's so many resources. You know, I can't do what a pastor does, but he can't do what we do. I can't do what a county agency does, you know, and vice versa. It really takes a village to come alongside, especially a woman with all the, the help areas that she needs. Absolutely. She needs a support system and so does, you know, a pastor have people that can work with him. Sure. Um, I think um, a false idea of theology also plays into this. Nobody likes divorce. Um, we, we read the Bible. We know mm -hmm. that God um, is for marriage. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I can think of several times when I have gotten a woman into a position where she's safe and never once talked about divorce. Because mm -hmm. that's, not the, that's not the issue at the moment. The issue at the moment is, okay, we got to make sure that you and your kids are okay. Mm -hmm. um, after we get you settled and get you in a place where you feel like you can breathe and sometimes it takes, you know, two or three weeks before they can even sort of grasp the situation, you know, then I start to think, okay, now how can we start to, you know, move in and try to repair this marriage? So you're not, you're not sentencing a couple to divorce for helping the woman get safe and deal with this issue. And you, and, and, and conversely, you're not somehow promoting good theology by ignoring it and pretending that if you look away, this marriage is going to go on. Because the ultimate point isn't that the marriage survives. The, the point is, is that these two, the man and the woman and the kids, all thrive and become Christ-like. And, and you cannot allow a home like that to just go along and nobody's going to thrive. Mm -hmm. And it will just end up in, in, in disaster anyway. So there's my little sermonette for the day for uh, well, that's, pastors. 
that's perfectly said is that you know, so often the value, you know, from a, a church perspective is save the marriage at all costs. And we, we do want to do everything we can to keep a marriage functioning if it's healthy, you know, and and and, so, and resolvable. Um, where I know for us, it's like, well, we really want our women to be safe. And we never tell a woman to separate. We never tell her to divorce because those are huge questions, decisions that and we say, you have to, what's God telling you? We cannot tell you that. Um, and even if they separate, again, it doesn't mean divorce. They right. sometimes just need to be in a safe place to get out of the chaos and the the um, harmful behaviors for them to think straight. And sometimes it helps a husband think, oh my goodness, you know, I, I didn't realize that that this is such as you know that my behavior was was inf influencing our marriage so significantly and sometimes that's enough for him to get the help he needs but it is about each of them becoming who christ says they are it's a vertical relationship you're absolutely right about that and sometimes if divorce happens it's because the woman has no other choice mm -hmm. you know to either live in an unsafe environment with a man who's harmful or if she separates and often our gals, they'll wait a year waiting, waiting, waiting for the husbands to make the changes that they're hoping they'd make and, and just end up why well, he, uh, what am I going to do? He's not changing. I, there's no way I can go back to that. And he's often sitting in their comfortable house. She's living with a family member, a friend or in an apartment you know, he's sitting on all the assets. So she yeah. often has no choice, but, you know, divorce, it's, it's, it's a consequence of his sin behavior. Yeah. She's and, not and, done anything wrong. She's just trying to um, know what the next step is for her and just. Right. Surviving well, and thriving. By that time, I will have referred um, that situation out to, you know, to, counselors that yeah. really know how to mm -hmm. navigate those waters because I I don't feel qual I mean I can do the initial steps I can mm -hmm. I can help the church exercise you know its authority over a person or whatever but I I'm certainly not in a position where I can tell a couple like you have a chance you don't have a chance you know and that's where I pick up the phone and 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 get a counselor involved that really understands that. And I can do a lot of damage because I know just enough to really make the situation work. All right. Tell me how can people access um, the resources you have at Living Waters of Hope and what resources are you offering for women and others who are and men too that, mm -hmm. that are abused in relationships? Mm-hmm. Okay, so for women, the main thing we offer is our Oasis Bible study classes, online classes. Um, there is a fee, but we offer scholarships because women, often if they're separated, they're they're living in poverty, basically. So we always um, have scholarships for gals who would like to attend. Um, uh, just our website has a lot of information. What are the signs? We have the parent control wheel up. We have the cycle of abuse explained um you know we have a quiz what is a healthy relationship so our our website has a lot of information on it um so and then the gals can always email or call in and have someone to talk to 
to, you know, because sometimes you just, you, you, that you need that initial contact to say, is this class for me? And you hear from some other store, they just need that, you know, kind of that affirmation and, and um, confirmation they're making the right decision. Um, for support people, like our mission is to restore hope and dignity to victims and survivors of domestic abuse and equip others to do the same so that others are everyone who is a support person, whether you're faith leader or not. So on our website, we have a four-part video series that I recommend everyone take because it will tell you what domestic abuse is. Um, it will tell you the different types. It's going to tell you how to listen well when a woman is sick, talking to you because she may never use the word abuse. What can you listen to? What are the key terms to listen to, to be able to discern is it abuse or not? What to say, what not to say, uh, and resources are in there. We have a, a, a woman's story with each of the four, three, uh, 30 minute videos. So that's just across the board, faith leader, whoever, that you'll just, that two hours, you will be feel more confident um, and you'll be a safer support person if a woman comes to you. Because you never know. We had a murder-suicide in, in a little town. I live in a town of about 15,000. We had a murder-suicide here a year ago. And that's not the only one we've had in our in our surrounding towns. Like, it's all around us, whether it's in our churches or outside. You never know when someone's going to come to you and disclose. Um, we also have you ask the question uh, previously, well, what are the obstacles? We have a 45-minute video on why it's so hard for a woman to leave an unhealthy relationship. Because... Right. The question is, well, why don't you, you know, why didn't you leave or, you know, why are you staying? Simple questions, but a very complicated answer. Um, we offer our pastor summit for pastors and ministry teams every fall uh, where we have um, our pastors as panelists, those who are more experienced as panelists teaching others. And there's an intentional time of Q&A. So like leader to leader, you can be asking questions that are kind of hard to ask anywhere else sometimes. We do training. I do virtual training. I've, I've met with elder boards virtually. I've gone to churches locally. You know, we do training, whatever you need. And that Hope Giver Essential, you know, if a church leadership team wants to go through that and they want to do a Zoom meeting with me afterwards to ask for any questions, I'm happy to do that. Uh, we in November this year we are having a we call it our Hope Giver Essential Challenge where people you know have a week to do those videos and then I meet with them that Saturday to say okay what did you think what questions do you have to kind of do a guided you know a little bit more um, information there so our website we have an email that um, we send out tips for it's more for support people but our our survivors are encouraged when they read it. We send out stories about how God's worked, you know, stories of hope. We have those, we have those all around us, stories of hope with the gals that really, um, you know, get the help and hope that they need. And I mean, and they turn around, they're helping us with our training. They're becoming facilitators. Like we don't just help support them. We want them to gain and learn and they speak for us. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful full circle. So our uh, get educated through our website, get the emails, take the Hope Giver Essential class, call and say, hey, can you train us? Can you speak for a women's group? I mean, I've done that locally. Um, 
Um, and then for, for women to go ahead and, and join us for our classes, we'd love to have you join us. If you feel like you're walking on eggshells, you're, you've, like you're, you're a little fearful in your home, you can't resolve conflict, um, you're, he's always blaming you for everything. Uh, maybe your finances are restricted, but he's spending money on whatever he wants. You know, they're on and on different ways that a woman is, you know, being manipulated and controlled. Please don't suffer alone. Please reach out. At least talk to us. Too many women are just so afraid to reach out and really say what's happening. But we've been working with women for 10 years and we would love to walk with you. If you were listening to this today, we'd love to walk with you. And give me that website address one more time, Dan. Livingwatersofhope.org. Well, you're doing great work, and I very much appreciate you stopping by and helping us learn more about this really important issue. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Take care. God bless. Thank you. You know, um, as we're talking, I'm thinking of Psalm 9-9. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Sometimes in our Christian community, people feel ashamed when they feel oppressed because they aren't like the other people around them, at least that's their perception. And we're taught to be particular types of people, which is good because we want to be Christ-like. But we forget sometimes that God is on the side of the oppressed. He's a stronghold in times of trouble. In the life of Jesus, you can see numerous times in the New Testament where he reached out to people who were downtrodden, rejected, thrown out of the synagogue, and uh, he was there all the time for them. So please, please reach out. Please pray. Please ask for help. And don't think that God has forsaken you. Hey, you can see a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. Our thanks to Faith Radio for allowing us to be along their journey as well at faithradio.com. And thank you so much for listening to Life Support. Thanks for listening to this Life Support Podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.